This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. How does the law and the gospel function in this passage? Or what can we um, glean from the way that Nathan speaks the word to David here? The law exposes, mm. clarifies, exposes, calls a thing what it is. Mm. Even David appeals to, you have sinned against the word. I mean, the Nathan appeals to, yeah, excuse me. Right. He, um, what is it? Uh, it's in verse nine. Why, have you Why did you despise the word of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, something that's very key, and Paul does this in Romans one and two as well, is that he uses kind of like a backhanded way of coming at him, so that you condemn yourself. Um, he doesn't just come up to uh, David right away and say, "You've done this." He tells a story about this kind of, and just like in Romans, they, 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 and then he kind of gets to him at the end. He says, hey, we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that, you know, and it's like, oh, crap, wait, that's us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're under the law, mm-hmm. and especially the Jews of that day, and he uses the Psalms, mm-hmm. where they, the Psalms in Romans 3, 9 through 20, uh, the Psalms he quotes there are like, at least in my research, Psalms that the Jews of that day were looking to the Gentiles and saying, yep, they say there is no God. And then Paul turns it all on them and says, no, this is, you know, that what the law says is those are under the law. So that everyone will be condemned and the mouths will be shut. I just, I find it interesting. And so the law is not like direct, like coming at them all forceful, you know, I love you, man. But, you know, it's kind of like kind of gets him involved and gets next to him, you know, and lets him condemn himself, feel the weight of it. I think I heard Jono say that when you deliver the law, do it with universals. When you deliver the gospel, do it with particulars. Mm-hmm. And that's I kind of see that here. He's, you know, Jesus does that all the time. Um, but he's creating this picture that David can completely relate to, and so much so that he's angry. Yeah. You know, because it hit so close to home. He used a universal picture, and then, and then when the gospel came, it became very particular. Dan Seidel once had a tweet uh, where he tweeted this passage parenthetically, and he said, "Preaching of the law and gospel is an aesthetic event." Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do you, I think? I mean, as I interpret what he's pointing to, is I see in here actually use of art, mm. storytelling, um, to come around the defense mechanisms and go straight to the heart and the affections as a means of causing this very feeling-based reaction to the law of God to emerge forth and to flip it and all of a sudden, therefore, the law cuts straight to the heart. Um, and I think it's beautiful and I think it's telling of the nature of affections and its relationship to the preaching of the law and gospel, which is why I find Luther's evocative, affective language 
so wonderful and powerful. And yeah. I think the guys in that era understood that because of all the emphasis on humanism and rhetoric mm-hmm. and the power of evoking humans to do moving humans via art forms, right. rhetoric, or uh, stained glass, mm-hmm. or music. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's interesting that Nathan chose an aesthetic event to preach the gospel. Mm. Knowingly or unknowingly. I preached the law and gospel. Yeah. Law, sorry. And by aesthetic, you mean that the picture... Just was told. <laughs> by aesthetics, you mean the, the word picture that he created. Yes. Yeah, like he tells a story. He doesn't He doesn't just say... He, he doesn't list off David's Here's sins. charge. Right. Which would be preaching law. Right? Right. But David would have too many defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And the aesthetics event help him circumnavigate David's natural defenses and go straight for his heart. Uh, which is what I think Cranmer is after mm-hmm. in composing his liturgy. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want to get around the English defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to create a real earthy, mm-hmm. sensory liturgy. Um, anyway, I'm going beyond, but this is stuff I'm jamming on right now. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that, it was uh, Foucault or Derrida who said there's three ways to change an institution. There's revolution, there's incrementalism, and there's telling a new story. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Law and gospel is telling a new story in an aesthetic way. I'm jamming too. I'm just like, yeah. Everything that's been said here has been a great sort of commentary on this passage. I think this is a wonderful example of what Luther is looking for when he talks about the distinction of law gospel and the work of the preacher. Um, and it shows you, you know, people of all times have to be lured into understanding that they stand under the law. Um, because as you said, if you just give the law to a person like, uh, you know, swinging a bat at their chest, the first thing you're going to do is throw up your defense. Um, but if you can give them that picture of something that the law is rightly condemning and then point to them, that will do it. But the other, I think the other beautiful thing about this story is once that has happened, once uh, David has been reduced to nothing, confessing, I have sinned against the Lord. It just goes. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as soon as it's there, it's taken right away. Um, and there are consequences, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, you're Yeah, and you mentioned that earlier. I think it, you know, it frees you from sin. But your sin will still still there but yeah. horizontal consequences. Yeah. Um, so can I ask an excursus? Of course. You know, also Bart in gospel and law rather than law gospel. Yeah. And then Althaus with his sort of divine command favor between. How would Bart the unitary word of gospel and law and then Whatever all was trying to say is divine command. What would be law gospel command? Nothing specific, but how would they how would they approach a text like this exegetically and homiletically? Do you know? I feel like this cuts against Bart. This text does. Um, I don't want to be unf- I don't want to be unfair to Bart because yeah, he yeah. would have a better text than be difficult for. Luther. Oh yeah, he, he's, he was a great great reader of the Bible. Um, you know, his understanding of we can't preach law gospel, we have to preach gospel law. 
was based on the sense that you only know you're sick once you've seen the cure. You can't tell someone that they're sick first without giving that cure first, um, which doesn't work well when you put it into sort of doctor analogies like this. Um, but it was that it's the light of the gospel which reveals your darkness. It's the light of the gospel that comes along and shows you how you've been stumbling um, in sin. And then from there, it's, yeah, it's just a strong use of the gospel has redeemed you, and now we live in the law. But the law there would have no behold the man to it. Mm. It would just be contrition. Mm. For, or, is that right? Contrition and, and guidance. Um, many sort of work in use language, but what we hear more in third use. Yeah. You know, that from that security, David would at once feel contrition, sad, remorse, but then know what it was he was supposed to do going forward. Just trying to get a sense of where Bart comes in in this discussion. I think that's moving in the right direction, but I do have I have a difficult time sensing how Bart would read this text, um, just because it doesn't fit the categories that well. I don't know if he would say this would be an inappropriate text to, to bring into a discussion on proclamation. I don't, I, I'm just not entirely sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that before, I think uh, David's Confession is not until verse 13. Mm -hmm. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. His absolution comes right next. But in the midst of, of uh, Nathan giving him the law, saying, you are the man, you know, there comes guilt and shame right there. Uh, Thus says the Lord the God of Israel, I anointed you. So here's some indicatives of some of the good things that God has done for him. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's, I gave you your master's house, your master's wives. If this were too little, I would add to you as much more. You know, a lot. You know, it's kind of like he's telling them uh, some good news there. You know, the, the Lord has been so good to you. You know, why are you? Well, was, and, you know. But there's another thing where just as law is not locked into imperatives, gospel is not locked into indignity. So even those are meant to induce guilt. Yeah, you're right. Look at all I've given you. Look at all I've given yeah. you and how you've lived, yeah, like jerk. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that is just continuing to hammer him down. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, why don't we take a, a little bit of a break, and then I want to come back and focus on the uses of the law, so that we can finally focus a little bit on what Luther says and see if we can clear up some of those things. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.